Hi, I'm Theo, and on behalf of the Berwick Penn News team, I'm going to be interviewing Luke, the Lancaster University Liberal Democrat. We're going to be talking about what the party does at this level, what the Liberal Democrats believe, and how you can get involved. Luke, it's great to have you with us. The Liberal Democrats generally, could you kind of give us a brief summary of what your party's all about, what it stands for, what are its main values? Yeah, um, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. The Lib Dems as a whole, it's um, it's a difficult one to define in a lot of ways, because I think for a lot of people, liberalism, it doesn't seem to mean so much nowadays. And liberalism would be how I would define it best. But if I had to put it more specifically in a way that kind of, because it can be a bit um, wishy-washy at times, in a way that was more specific, I'd say that I think the best statement of the values of the Liberal Democrats would be our well, at least famous within the party preamble to our constitution, which I don't remember how the whole thing goes, but it starts off with, um, you know, we believe that no one should be enslaved by poverty, conformity, community and that. Yeah, it's all all about freedom, but not not in a libertarian sense. We recognise the many facets that it has. You know, we understand that you can't be free if you can't put food on the table. That's not freedom. You have to provide, but also we have to recognise people's intrinsic rights we don't want the government telling people what they should be doing. We want the government to allow people to really fulfil themselves and be able to pursue what they want to do and what they view as leading a good life for themselves. Talking about the party in general there, so who are then the Lancaster University Liberal Democrats and what's your position in relation to the wider party? I don't think that we technically count as official representatives of the party on campus but as close as we'll get technically speaking the relationship is a bit patchy with the party because we don't insist on party membership to be a member of the society we we take the same view that the party does when you know it's hiring people is that if you believe in the aims and values then you're welcome to join up so we're trying not to put such an exclusive point on it with membership but we are effectively an ancillary of the party um we have our, our youth branch the young liberals and Whilst we are not, technically speaking, a branch of the Young Liberals, we are effectively the university branch of the Young Liberals and we're affiliated to them in that way. So we kind of fit into it as a subset of the youth party, which exists, and I think this is a good way, it exists separate to local party structures within the Liberal Democrats. So that way we're not just the the leaflet lackeys for the, the local party, although one, although our LGBT plus officer is um, involved in the local party and a candidate. And we are very much his leaflet lackey. But yeah, so we have the ability to kind of focus our efforts where, where we want to. And obviously we do like to go and campaign and help out with the rest of the party, but we exist a little bit apart from it so that we can have the freedom to pursue how we want the society to function, what we want the society to do, what issues we want to campaign on, just effectively to allow us to have the freedom to focus on representing our students and our members and how we see our liberalism fitting into student politics. Mm, and Because that, that kind of brings us on to our next question. What, what sort of things have you been involved in recently, or kind of generally, obviously, COVID changed things, but what sort of things would you mm. normally be involved in? And, and do you, what are your main focus points at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, with the local elections around the corner, in a normal year where we were actually allowed to campaign and meet up in groups, we would be um, campaigning in and around in the various places that we're targeting to keep hold of as i said one of our members is a, a council candidate in lancaster so we'd undoubtedly normally be leafleting and canvassing away for him to try and get him elected 
Yeah, I mean, obviously that's you know, that's the one side because we want to give people opportunities from a, a development point of view. If they want to do things in the past, we want to allow them to develop their campaigning skills. And those skills are quite transferable, being able to talk to people in those kind of deal with potentially difficult situations on the doorstep, although they are quite rare. I mean, otherwise, we would typically be looking to push campaigns on campus as well. Last year, our previous LGBT plus officer and now our current one has been continuing it was pushing for the Ask for Clive campaign to be included in campus bars. So just to, for some reason, the idea that you can ask for Clive if you're being subjected to homophobic abuse or anything along those lines. Um, they have these kind of campaigns for lots of different things. I think they have one where you can ask for a specific name if it's domestic abuse, for instance. But it's, it's kind of that version of it. So we, we push for that last year. And then we have our more sort of laid back side to it. And this year, especially, we've focused a bit more on running events for members and being involved in other events like that, because obviously we can't meet up so much. It's a bit harder to do proper campaigning on campus because I mean, I think we all saw from the president by election over the summer, a solely online campaign at the uni. It doesn't really work as well for reaching a lot of students, at least. Yeah. So we had one of our MPs, Jamie Stone, speak to us as a and a back in October, which was he is a hilarious MP, so it was a really good night and everyone enjoyed it. We like to organise those kind of things. And I think that's a way in which societies can take advantage of COVID in a way. Typically to arrange an event like that before COVID, you know, people don't just think Zoom events for everything. And we, we did try to organise an MP to come down to speak to us, you know, in person back before the 2019 election. But that was so much harder to do. But now we can so much more easily get these speakers, which at least for Lib Dems, a big name. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, okay. And and it kind of raises a couple of interesting questions there. So kind of what does the on-campus membership look like? How many of you are there regularly involved? I think our normal meetings, I mean, our membership's certainly taken a hit, sadly, because of COVID. I think most societies can yeah. stay the same. I think we typically get between 10 and 15 members at our meetings, which isn't the best but you know i i would say of the people that come along to our meetings each week i'd say pretty much all of them are relatively engaged and we we like to run sort of weekly discussion topics like a kind of a, this house believes or whatever type thing on a sort of topical issue just as a way of kind of getting a bit of discussion because typically what we would do we'd have our normal procedural meeting we'd go over all the boring stuff then we'd all go to the pub and chat about politics <laughs> which we, we can't do now so we try to recreate that a little bit and we just try to keep well we see it as a it's not we're, we're not just a, a campaigning society or anything like that we try to make it a really welcoming environment for people and a place where people can find friends i know that i've found potentially you know some very good friends from the Lib Dem society and you know i hope that the members we have come along can say similar and feel welcomed and it will be an environment that people want to come along to for the social side as well and then you know if we can get people involved in campaigning as and when that's possible that's great i know back when leafleting was allowed we've got members doing a bit of leafleting around lancaster mm. which is good but it's um yeah we, we're very much of a you know we're not so politics focused that as soon as people turn up it's chuck a leaflet in the hand or anything which is quite often the case for young people in politics mm. but we're very much more focused on you know, creating a welcoming environment we're a group of people interested in politics and specifically lib dems first and then campaigners and that almost second okay and we talked about kind of the advantages online um getting guest speakers in i guess that is an unforeseen advantage of of covid mm. it's been interesting looking at kind of what you do as a party both 
pre-COVID and during COVID, stepping back from the campus party and looking at the wider party, obviously the Liberal Democrats were very pro-EU, very pro-Remain over the last few years. How is the party responding to this post-Brexit world? What's its Europe policy looking like now? Yeah, it's the <laughs> the response to post-Brexit has been a bit mixed. I mean, I I'm personally sit on the we need to move on wing of the Lib Dems. I think the Lib Dems can be defined from there are those, I think the vast, vast majority of the membership, there are some who weren't pro-EU. I think the vast, vast majority of the Lib Dems are pro-EU, but I think there's been a real split along lines of, do we rejoin the EU? And not only do we rejoin the EU, when do we say that we want to rejoin the EU? And, and this was a massive issue at the party conference back in September. There were some of us like myself who not in favour of having a commitment to rejoin at this stage. Personally, I don't think it's helpful to go and retread the same arguments on Brexit as soon as it's happened, you know. I mean, with Brexit, I know the party was very big on, you know, vote for the identical reverse Brexit. And I think that there's it was a legitimate stance to take. But, you know, since, you know, the Brexit referendum, the 2017 election, the 2019 election, you can question the process in terms of first past the post, but three times in a row, effectively, the government produced has been able to push for a form of Brexit. And with the best will in the world, I think immediately now going, actually, you know what, you're still wrong, we need to rejoin the EU. As much as I would like to rejoin the EU, and I think it's probably in the UK's best long-term interests to rejoin the EU in some capacity, even if that's just through EFTA and the EEA, it's not the time to push for it. It's, I don't think, I think people just want to move on. And that was the position that the party originally took the leadership did with the EU. It wanted to have a long, longer-term commitment to rejoin the EU at some stage, but not for now. However, as a result of some pressure from the more very strongly pro-EU membership that we've picked up over the past few years, there was a very concerted effort from a large portion of the membership to push for the party to adopt a rejoin policy. Effectively, what that did was they wanted an immediate rejoin, or they said they did. The organiser has, has since admitted that they only did this to pressure the party. And ultimately, the party's policy ended up being, we are a rejoin party, but we'll talk about it not now, but later. Which is a bit of a fudge, but I think ultimately the pro-rejoin side got what they wanted from that. So, I mean, that's the party's position. I think the party leadership wanted to move away from that and focus on other issues, especially because it hasn't talked about Brexit that much. I think the party as a whole wants to move on, but I think a large part don't want to give up the at least commitment to the pro-EU side of it and I okay. totally understand that but I mean personally I think that that's a decision that can be made later in the day but we are where we are with t- regards to that policy. Okay and and so again jumping on to another big issue climate mm. crisis quite simply what are the Liberal Democrat proposals for dealing with the climate crisis and dealing with climate change? Yeah the Lib Dems have, have always been quite radical on this and I'm not to sort of sound like Ed Davies spokesperson too much but he was the very successful and I hate to bring up the coalition but this is one of the few ways in which it actually was at all somewhat positive well he was very good at pushing renewable energy during the coalition as energy as climate change and energy minister I can't remember what his precise title was and at the last election the Lib Dems had a really radical proposal for pushing for net zero although I think a a feasible one as well I believe the commitment was to net zero by it's either 2045 or 2050. I can't remember precisely which date it was, I'm afraid. But yeah, definitely the Libtons are very keen on pushing for 
net zero. I think one of our MPs, Leila Moran, has also spoken about pushing for negative carbon emissions as well, which if it turns out the UK can get to net zero much earlier, then I think that is certainly something worth considering to offset potentially the difficulty some countries may have in going net zero in order to try and avoid the two degree uh, rise in global temperatures by 2050. And I mean, I've had discussions with people on this and some people say, well, because of China, we can't do anything about it. But ultimately, every bit of carbon less that you put in the atmosphere is a little bit less that the temperature is going to go up and a little bit more land that will remain habitable. Mm. So I think there's certainly something to be said for saying, you know, we need to get ourselves to net zero as quick as we can. And definitely unleashing green jobs along the way. That's something the party's very keen on. But we can definitely push further, and we should, because the environment is is absolutely massive. I know Lib Dems at various levels of local government have been very active in pushing this as well. I mean, I know I have personally, <laughs> but in lots of councils, the Lib Dems have adopted, where the Lib Dems are in control, where they propose that the Lib Dems have adopted more ambitious targets than 2050. So I know... For instance, uh, a neighbouring authority to mine in Devon committed to 2025, which is probably unrealistic. But the upside <laughs> of that is it's targeting to get there. And if they miss, well, they'll have a very long time to make up the bit they miss. Just just joking generally, you talked about climate, talked about Brexit. Are there any kind of one or two other hot topics that you think the Liberal Democrats are involved in that might interest people? Yeah, I think the, the key thing that the party is very keen on pushing at the moment is its policy on carers. It's it's a very big thing for the leader, Ed Davey, because he was a he was a carer growing up and he's very keen that we are the party of carers and we're pushing lots of policies to get extra money for carers and the carers allowance. And he pushed for I think it was extra protections for carers because there was a clause in the Coronavirus Act that when it was being reviewed in the autumn was detrimental to carers. I can't remember precisely what it was, but he pointed that out and it got the government to change it which was good so we've been very good on pushing for that unfortunately we've been a, a little bit one track in our policy announcements over the past few years but i think the other policy which is one that was passed a party conference and goes alongside that is for sure universal basic income it was passed with a large majority at the party conference that this will be policy so it is definitely a policy that the dems have and, and just to push explain forward. what universal basic income is for those uh, who might be listening and don't know what it is yeah, universal basic income. I think in, in most contexts, people refer to uh, when they mean a minimum basic income. So it's providing a, a certain sum of minimum income to replace a large portion of current benefits that will be paid to people irrespective of employment status. Moving back then to the kind of student party, how do you get involved in the, in, in the campus Lib Dems? Yeah, I mean, to get involved in the society is... Um, you can find any of our social media pages. Best ones are Facebook and Twitter and can message us there and we'll get you involved. Alternatively, you can get to the society page on the um, the SU system. And you can sign up for a member. We've taken away the membership fee on sign up just to get people in because we we have a policy of letting people come for a few weeks before they would incur any membership fee. And we've deferred membership payments because of everything anyway <laughs> so yeah you can sign up on there and we get notified when new members come through and then you can be added into the the meetings and come along or message the society pages or anyway yeah just get in contact with us and we're delighted to have more people coming along well thank you very much luke pleasure to to be chatting with you